From Nevada Public Radio, I'm Joe Shaneman. It's State of Nevada. And some of you probably heard that music that we were playing during the break. That is late 90s Game Boy music, and it's related to something pretty remarkable happening this weekend at Sunset Park. Some 50,000 tickets have been purchased for a two-day event for Pokemon Go trainers and game players. Pokemon Go is a game that exists online. It's augmented reality, and it's where people play in real life while sort of like using their smartphones to navigate the world around them. Like in, In everyday life, they walk around and drive around or move around their city or really the entire world playing this game. It became so popular in 2016 that safety had become an issue as people wandered darkened parks at midnight or crossed streets with their noses in their phones. But that doesn't really do the game justice. Riken Gibson is going to be one of those players at Sunset Park this weekend. He's a longtime fan of both Pokemon Video and the trading card games. Riken, welcome to State of Nevada. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, it's a fascinating uh, a topic we're talking about. You know, Everyone we've spoken to can't believe there will be 50,000 people at Sunset Park playing this video game. It, it, this is normally something I imagine you do by yourself, you know, driving around or walking around. Why do you want to play with so many people at the same time? Uh, I think being around that many people that are also in the same mindset as you and just as excited about the nostalgia and having an official licensed a Pokemon event in our city where typically you expect them to happen in, in Japan, where it's extremely popular and basically part of everybody's daily life out there, uh, or in l- much bigger cities on coasts. Or uh, It's really awesome to have it in our own backyard at a park that I go and play and have been playing Pokemon Go at for years. Uh, so it's it's really great to just be around that many people that are also there to, for the same excitement and uh, looking to catch the rarest, shiny, perfect Pokemon. Yeah, but we're going to get into what exactly that means. By the way, you, you use the word nostalgia. I usually reserve that word for people maybe in their 50s or 60s. You're a young guy, and so is Stefan uh, Boggioni, who's with us, who we'll be talking to in a minute. Um, so, nostalgia, when did you start playing this game? I started playing the card games right when they first came out in first grade, so I was about six years old. Six years old, and that's a couple decades ago? Yes. So uh, I'm 31 now. So over 20 years, it's been a, def- a part of my life all ever since. Wow, that's remarkable. <laughs> I'm going to get into how to play the game, but just give me a sense of why, why it stuck with you. Um, you know, I've, I've, you brought some trading, or, or uh, Stephen brought in some trading, some of these trading cards. When I was a kid, I did football, baseball cards. I don't know if I grew out of it, but I just couldn't get popular cards that I wanted, like Robin Yount or Nolan Ryan. So I just kind of gave up. You know, I can't tell you how many uh, those hard pieces of bubble gum that I chewed to get to those. Um, but I gave it up. Why did you stick with it? Um, I think the I really like strategy games. I like to think and, and uh, go about things that are more than just luck that you actually have. A strategy to getting to an ends ends meet, and uh, the card games were that. Uh, but then the card games grew into a show, and I think the show is kind of what's kept me into it for the longest time. Uh, seeing Ash Ketchum go through being a ten year old boy, getting his first Pokemon, 
and going out on his worldly adventure to be the best Pokemon trainer ever uh, and never aging over the years and years that the show's been out. He's always been 10 years old and it's kind of been like, oh, I can be that kid that's mm-hmm. always on this infinite adventure that never ages and constantly learning about life and myself and the people around me. Uh, so now it's uh, just been that whole stretch of time is now I'm, I've still been 10 years old this, this <laughs> entire time playing this game. It just makes me feel uh, like a comforting kid hug at the, uh, every time I play. Mm-hmm. And 50,000 pe- tickets have been sold to this event at Sunset Park. You had to buy a ticket. Had you ever paid for a ticket to go to a Pokemon Go event? No. I mean, well, there's there's ticketed events that just happen in the app, but there's this is the first time I've been to one where you have to go to a specific location in order to to play the special event. Is this kind of like going to, for you, like going to Life is Beautiful or some music festival? Oh, sure. It's definitely, I, I do music festivals too, and this is just just as exciting, just as uh, big of a, of a piece of my life and something that I feel kind of identifies who I am. And it's a, a, a privilege almost to be able to go and do it so easily. Mm-hmm. Is this? I have so many questions about this. But over the years, have you made friends with people who are also Pokemon enthusiasts? Absolutely. Uh, even through college, when I was not telling anybody that I really played, but was still playing the Pokemon game and going to league play, I would help the the league manager teach other kids how to play and improve their decks so that they're doing better at the league matches every week or the monthly tur- or tournaments for the state or region and things like that. Uh, it's always just been uh, meeting those people along the way. And when Pokemon Go first came out, it seemed like everybody and their dog was out playing it. And uh, the general just kindness of, of people mm-hmm. being able to enjoy something that is simple and a little childlike, but is still, you see mature people with uh, in their 50s, 60s, and down to 10 years old playing, it's you all have that one thing in common. So you're going to help each other. If you find something that's cool and rare, you're going to say, hey, come over here. There's this special, awesome Pokemon right here. Catch it before it disappears. Oh, wow. You know, in the Review Journalist Week, a spokesman for Niantic, that's the San Francisco company that developed Pokemon Go, said that Sunset Park is perfect for the event. The park, he said, really has that natural character and open spaces that gave us a canvas to bring the story of Hoenn to life. First of all, what's Hoenn? Hoenn is a region of the Pokemon universe or world. Uh, there's, I think, nine, eight or nine different regions. It's kind of like thinking uh, in America we have a certain biome of certain animals that live here, but then you go to Southeast Asia, they have all kinds of tropical birds mm. and things that you just don't have here. So Hoenn is, has its own unique set of about a hundred or so Pokemon that you can mostly only catch there. There's some uh, spillover into newer regions, but for the most part, that hundred or so Pokemon only happen in that region. And we're going to have images of what this looks like on your smartphone on our webpage, kmpr.org. But if you go to another country, I don't know if you have yet, um, the game, you, you could do the game, like there's a world map for Pokemon Go, right? Yes. You can go to the Antarctic and and find a Pokemon creature if you want. Possibly. If you got cell signal, then yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in my, I've played in Italy, and there will be 
like Mr. Mime, who's a, a Pokemon that kind of looks like a, a mime from France. He's only found in all of Europe. So he's he's a regional locked Pokemon that you can only find in Europe. That is just fascinating. So and when you go to this festival over the weekend, do you do anything besides play the game? I mean, I'm sure there are going to be events there. What, what kind of things will happen? Yeah, uh, by what I've seen by the awesome map that they've already came out with, there's going to be a, a Pikachu and Eevee meetup with so a, a costumed character meetup, a whole uh, Pokemon Center store, general store with merchand- different Pokemon merchandise and things that you can buy. There'll be a, a player team lounge because the Pokemon Go game has three different teams. So there's a lounge area for you to meet up with other people that are on your team. Uh, and then just the different sorts of biome regions uh, around the park. So you can walk across to that desert area of Sunset and you'll be finding more desert-oriented Pokemon. And if you go around that lake, then you'll be finding more water type sort so of. So interesting. Yeah. Now, uh, people listening might not get this, but I I have done this in, in video games that I've played. I've bought things. It's nothing tangible. It's, it's nothing I'm going to hand hold on to. It might be a stronger gun or a, a piece of clothing. So the question I'm going to ask you, to to those who are acclimated to this kind of thing, it's going to seem normal, but I wonder how much money you have spent, if you want to estimate, on Pokemon accoutrement. Oh, thousands. I mean, over the years, thousands of dollars. It's mm-hmm. uh, I think how people love cars and put thousands of dollars into that. I I love Pokemon, and I'm willing to put thousands of dollars into that. Some of it I probably will never see the the payoff come back to me, but uh, some of it are collectible and rare and hold their value the longer you hold on to them. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're, we're going to get into that. Some of these cards are worth hundreds, maybe thousands and thousands of dollars. You had told us earlier before today that ca- you casually play Pokemon Go every day, maybe two to three hours on the weekend. You go to monthly and weekly events. What is it that you like being a part of that Pokemon community? Oh, the I hate to say the general nostalgia again, but mm-hmm. it's that and the the community of now I see that there I, I wasn't just that one weird kid who was playing in the closet all by himself. Like there's there's thousands of people out here, thousands of people around my age that do similar things, have lots of other similar uh, likes that you can easily form good friendships with. And you wouldn't really get a chance to meet them any other way other than having this one thing that you have in common. So if you have a weekly meeting, what's it like? Do you go and drink beer and trade cards? What do you do? Um, more of you meet up at a park. Uh, sunset, Exploration, Desert Breeze are really good parks for playing Pokemon Go. and uh, Or um, for the raid hours during the week, we'll all carpool in our car, drive up uh, an area where we know that has a good uh collection of gyms to battle through and just hit as many of those battles as we can together. Riken Gibson is a longtime, maybe even lifelong Pokemon player. This weekend, he and 50,000 other Pokemon Go enthusiasts will depend upon, descend upon Sunset Park to play a, the popular mobile video game. And uh, if you haven't played it before, we're going to we're gonna get into how, how you play it right now. So, so let's set the stage for listeners who have never played it before. What's the quick rundown of how you play Pokemon Go? Uh, you pull up the app on your phone. It's free. 
it's a free to download, free to play. There's in-app purchases that you can do to make the game work faster or level up quicker if you want, but it's not it's not required at all to enjoy the game to its fullest. Uh, you'd open up the game and then a few minutes when the map loads, different various Pokemon will pop up around you and you tap that Pokemon. They'll pop up in your screen and you get to throw an imaginary ball with your finger on your phone and flick it at the Pokemon. Hopefully it lands right on their, their head and you'll have a different chance depending if the Pokemon is strong or weak. They might pop out of that ball, uh, but if they stay in for that third shake, they're yours to keep and trade to somebody else, power them up, evolve them into something stronger and better. Uh, or if they're just that one star mm-hmm. Pokemon not rated very high, just transfer them to the professor and get an extra candy for it. I um, Somebody in our office plays this game, so I, I looked at the app this morning, and there is a, I don't know, what, what do you call it? There's, there's a signpost here that there's a Pokemon thing here. She played it and beat this character or whatever it was. No, then, we, then she played something like a bad person. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a, a you know, some Team character. Rocket. Yeah, yeah, Team Rocket. Um, so did you check the KMPR parking lot before you came here? To see Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Totally caught it. Pikachu outside. We've got all kinds of stuff out here today. School, uh, like around uh, schools or campuses and uh, radio stations or uh, churches are real hot spots for Pokemon. And when, you know, everybody's in their phones these days. So we walk around, you know, you have to dodge people who are on their phones crossing the street. I wonder if you're looking, if you see somebody walking down the sidewalk or the street, you see them looking into their phone. If you can distinguish between those who are gazing at it for work or whatever and those who are playing the game. Most of the time, yeah. Why? Do they have a glow? I mean, how do you can tell? Uh, more of the finger motions on your phone. You, you're, you're not, most people aren't on their phone and making circles with their fingers to make a, a perfect curveball throw is what it would be. But, uh, uh, if you're, there's also those geolocated spots that if I'm over here oh. trying to take over this gym and this person's over here, sometimes that'll, they'll also appear in that battle with me. It'll say an extra person. So then I can, I can kind of just deduce that. It's got to be somebody around here that I see holding their phone. By the way, is the Strip a good place to play? I mean, there's tons of stops, tons of Pokemon, tons of gyms down there. Gyms. Just so people know, you're not talking about a place to go work out. Not pushing heavy things, no. Right. Uh, It is uh, just a geolocation. A lot of times it's like a post office or a major sign for a park or things like that or uh, a big piece of art. A lot of the stops and gyms are actual arts uh, or... Uh, sculptures or murals and things like that on buildings. So uh, the strip has tons of those sort of art pieces. So it's littered with stops and it's kind of just, it's mostly bigger, bigger places will have the gym itself as opposed to just a Pokemon stop. Uh, but they're they're littered all over the place on this strip. Just not as easy to move around. It's really fascinating. Also with me, by the way, is Stephen Boggioni. He's the manager of the awesome card shop. He's an avid player. He's been playing since he was a little kid, 25 years. But now the card shop that he manages makes money on, on this uh, interesting game. Stephen, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Does it surprise you that they're they're holding this event in Las Vegas? Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, we're pretty much a central hotspot for big events that come here. We'll have the Super Bowl here next year, and just 
more events just keep coming. Are, are we a hot spot for this game? Because there was a, I, again, I'll refer to the Review Journal article of a couple of days ago where the the spokesperson from Niente, Niente said, um, you know, that this is a place, Las Vegas is a place where our players are. Are there, do you think, more players here per capita than, than a lot of other places? Uh, probably about the same compared to other big cities. Uh, but people just love to visit Vegas and just an extra reason to come out and have more fun. Social media is, is like filled with people posting these different Pokemon characters that they've captured. Uh, and you get a lot of these people coming into your uh, your your store. They either buy cards or, or, or memorabilia. I mean, what kind of people are these? Are, are, are people doing this online to flex their muscle, or is this all in fun? I mean, talk about the type of people who are involved in this. Uh, it's all ages, um, older, younger. They love the big Pokemon everybody loves, Charizard. Um, they just like collecting just for the nostalgia part that he was talking about, mm-hmm. and it's just fun. Uh, give me an idea of – you brought us packs of these cards in. They're about – 10 cards in here. Um, that costs about, what, $5? Mm-hmm. $5. What, what's the most expensive card that your your uh, store holds or that's ever sold? Uh, we had a Charizard from 2013. It was a special promo card. Um, it was graded a 10. So they grade cards from a scale from 1 to 10. It was a perfect 10, and we sold that card for $13,000. Somebody bought that card for $13,000. $13,000. What? What? Okay, what what was on the card? Was it gold and it was just a hollow foil rare Charizard. It had a stamp, so it was a pre-release. So it was pretty much a promo card that came out before the set. And giving it a ten, it just multiplies the value that much more. And there's probably about three in the world that exist. And Mm -hmm. someone wants the card, they'll pay top dollar for it. And I really shouldn't be surprised by this at all because people pay millions for very old baseball cards or football cards. And you see it the same way. Yeah. It's no other difference. Um, people collect their favorite players and people collect their favorite Pokemon character. Are, are there other cards like this? Are there other things that you sell at the store? Similar things. I mean, there are other augmented reality games out there, but are there other games specifically like Pokemon where you have to walk around or move around to pick up you know, power or characters or do battle with online characters. No, Pokemon Go was probably the first innovation of it and just boom from there. Is it your biggest seller? It is. Pokemon is. By far? By far. And what do people like what are people like when they come in? Excited, happy and love to go through the new cards that we put out every day and just ghoul over it. <laughs> that is so interesting. Um you know, uh, how if people wanted to get a, a higher end card do you have higher end packs uh most of the older ones so the base set that came out around 1996 those packs go for around $500 each um you can get cards value of i'd say $50 and if you get the first edition charizard graded in a 10 that sold for $250,000 and are people coming to your store talking about this this weekend's event they are they're very excited what do they say? They go, oh, are you guys going to be at the event? Uh, we got our ticket. Can't wait. And they've been talking about this for months. And they come in and they buy Pokemon cards. And they said they're going to rip them out there. And they're excited for it. Have you ever been to anything like that? I have not. But you still play the game? 
I still play the game. Like today, did you do battle or whatever when you came to the KMPR parking lot? Did uh, no, you, did no, you pick I didn't. Up the points? You didn't. <laughs> I was rehearsing what I was going to say on on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there? So, did you did you expect in this interview to for for this to be sort of a jokey interview? No, or, or a serious one. It's pretty serious. People take it seriously. And uh, Reich and Gibson, what are the people you hang out with? Like, how serious are they about this? You you definitely have a spectrum of people, uh, but I I tend to play around people that are fairly serious, take it pretty serious, trying to maximize as as many of the catches that they can in the limited times when it's a special event and uh, pay for special websites or apps that help them uh, filter out where the highest best uh, uh, statistic Pokemon are, and they go chasing that Pokemon across town just to get it before the time runs out. And you you talked about a strategy with this game. I'm looking at these cards, and they have points on them. And in my mind, you're just like throwing it down, and whoever has the most points wins. Or what's the strategy? How do you strategize in this game? Um, well, in, in Pokemon Go, uh, and even in the cards, but uh, there's different types of Pokemon. So like water, fire, grass, electric, ground, and certain types will match up and be super effective or less effective, such as water would be super effective against fire and fire would be super effective against grass. Um, uh, So in Pokemon Go, if you're battling a legendary Pokemon at one of those gyms, like we mentioned, you're going to want to use Pokemon that are uh, their type matchups will do double the damage rather than picking something that's necessarily like the same type or uh, you wouldn't want to select a fire Pokemon when you're going up against a water Pokemon because you're not going to do a whole lot. Uh, the cards do the same thing. Uh, they'll have different weaknesses that will do double the damage as the points on the card or uh, ways that you can remove energy from a Pokemon that's in play to do additional damage. It's uh, There's many different ways of going about uh, winning in both the, the video game and the card game. And we got an email from Tiffany and Summerlin who says, your guests both seem to take this really seriously. And some people might see Pokemon as an immature video game, but why do you both take it so seriously? Uh, why does this mean so much to you? And we kind of talked about that earlier, but Ryken, go ahead. Fun is the number one thing. It is just fun. I don't, I don't think you have to grow out of things that kids enjoy as well. Like we, we all love cake. We, all, we like ice cream, and you don't really grow out of those, those kinds of things in your life. Uh, why should you have to grow out of something that brings you joy, brings you happiness, is brings you to a community of other happy, fun people and uh, it's it's all about having having fun uh, at at the end of the day. And how about you, Stephen? Uh, it just brings people together. Some people like to go out to bars. Some people like to go to movies. Other people just like to be outside and socialize with their friends, and just something that bonds everybody together. You also got an email here from Bob in Las Vegas. He says, "I spent fifty dollars for a Pete Rose card once." He wants to know how much Riken has ever paid. What's the most he's ever paid for a card? Oh, for a single card, when I was doing tournaments and, and creating 60-card decks, 
I would need four of this Primal Gengar card. And at the time, I think it was $75. So 75 times four, I mean, it, it, that's just four cards out of 60. And that's only one piece of the strategy. And so, you did it. Yeah, it worked well. Uh, you talk about strategy. And do people come to you? Are you considered like an expert in this game? Uh, around some of my friends, yes, definitely. Uh, people that I've played with in in uh, in Utah and Idaho that were still friends on Facebook will get into Pokemon in, in the most recent year and then uh, be like, hey, I, what is it with these balloons that are flying around? Or, or how do I get to create this uh, uh, evolved Pokemon that takes so much candy to get? How am I realistically going to do any of these things? Or... I mean, the, the questions are all over the place. It's uh, anything from show trivia to card games and how to build or where to find certain cards and uh, or just uh, how to what you what they should do if they find this certain Pokemon that maybe isn't the best, but it's special to them. And uh, Stephen, I wonder if you ever <clears throat> if customers ever come in who might take it, I don't know too seriously. Maybe they're coming in there, they're sweating or, you know, they're, they're shaking with anticipation or, you know, they just seem like uh, they've lost touch with reality. I don't know. Have you ever seen somebody that taking it that seriously that you might be worried about them? Uh, not so much worried about them. I'll have people that come in with a certain amount of budget that they can spend and they'll be deciphering which one they want to spend it on. And they'll say, oh, I'll take this one, but I'll be back next week to get this one because I really want this one. And that's pretty much where. How, how much do you think if a if person comes in and they're really into it, like what's an average amount somebody might spend? Uh, just a normal person, I'd say about two to three hundred dollars, and a serious collector, they'll spend about two thousand dollars. Does this happen like once a year, the thousand, or is it like uh, not every day? I'd say about four times a week. That's wow! <laughs> Even Riken, <laughs> the experts, expressed uh, surprise at this. And Riken, you have yourself spent three hundred dollars to get those four cards at one time. I'm still, I guess I'm a little. I don't want to say puzzled, but um, you make friends on this. You have fun doing it, and you've do, been doing this for some twenty five years. Is this something that you think you're you're going to be doing for the rest of your life? Probably, as long as they keep making new Pokemon, I think I'll keep doing it as long as they keep making the games interesting and progressing the story. There's a new storyline coming out where my beloved Ash character is finally going away and we're having a, a new set of, of characters, a male and a female that we follow on their adventure. So hopefully that show is just as good and keeps me interested. I don't want to get too personal or anything, and we only got about a minute left, but I don't know if you have a significant other or if it, when you do, Will that person have to be a Pokemon enthusiast? They won't have to be, but it would sure help. <laughs> My wife is, and she loses a Pokemon because she runs out of Pokeballs. She gets really upset. <laughs> wow. Stephen Bogioni is a manager at the Awesome Card Shop. Riken Gibson is a Pokemon enthusiast. I really want to thank them both for this really interesting take on a game that is going to draw 50,000 people to Sunset Park this weekend.